Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our new website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to episode number 120 of the Peristyle Podcast. Today is June 2nd, 2010. Cannot believe it is already June, and we have a very different for you, different show for you, excuse me, this week on the Peristyle Podcast. Coach Harvey Hyde will be traveling. I think he's off to Las Vegas, so we couldn't get him on the program today. Gerard Martinez has got some stuff going on, and I figured, well... I'm going to run the podcast solo today. I was actually out of town uh, in Cabo San Lucas over the weekend with uh, my future fiance, well, my current fiance, future wife, uh, scouting out locations for our wedding. We're going to get married in Cabo probably about a year from now. So next May, it's what it's looking like. And I got to travel again this weekend. So we're kind of squeezing this in. But I thought, well, we'll just we'll do a quicker show, a little bit, fa- a little bit faster show. We'll answer a bunch of your questions, talk about some different topics of the day, and get the podcast out for you this week. We'll get our regular guests and the usual suspects back on the show again next week. So we'll mix it up a little bit. If you like it, don't like it, you know, drop us an email, podcast at uscfootball.com, and let us know. Of course, if you always have if you have any questions or comments, podcast at uscfootball.com is always the email address you can send them to. We did get quite a few uh, over this past week, and we'll get to all of those. We'll try to talk. A little bit about those. If you had questions for specific people like Gerard or, or Coach Hyde, I will try to answer those. And if it wasn't a- answered to your satisfaction, feel free to send them in again next week and we can talk about those. Uh, again, questions or comments, podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address. And I wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, even though Harvey Hyde is not here, but it's sctickets.com if you need tickets for anything. Lakers finals, Lakers Celtics coming up. Uh, you want tickets for that, call 1-800-888-7287. Thanks again to Southern California Tickets. Okay, so what's been going on? Yes, I went down to Cabo over the weekend, and we got an email. I believe it was from Kit, one of our listeners from last week, had this really nice villa down in Cabo that he rents out, and he was uh, offering that up, saying, uh, you know, letting me know, hey, if you need, you guys need another place to stay. It's got like four bedrooms, really nice. Thank you very much for the email there. We're probably going to be... Uh, at a big hotel, I think we're going to keep, we have a lot of out-of-town guests that have never been to Cabo, so we're going to try to keep everybody in the same location, but I really appreciated that offer. That was very nice. There's a lot of people that enjoy going down to Cabo San Lucas. We got a few emails about that. We did have a great time. Uh, Jana, my fiance, and I had fun. We down there. We checked out some different places where we could have the wedding. We ended up going fishing. I caught my first two marlin ever. That was a lot of fun. Big striped marlin, I think like 160 pounds or so. So there was four of us on the boat. We reeled them in. It was a lot of. It was it was really cool. We got some tuna and stuff. So had a great time. Now I'm back. It was late last night. Where our flight actually, we're on the runway. We uh, get off. You get up to speed like you're going to take off, and the the captain <laughs> slammed on the brakes. There was some sort of uh, tailwind indicator or something. I don't know. Something went off, and it wouldn't reset. So they had to stop us like as we were taking off and. Delayed the flight for about an hour and a half, so that was no fun. But uh, anyway, so we, we did get here eventually. It was later last night than I thought. Didn't get a whole lot of time to prepare for the podcast, but we got some good stuff for you. So that's why we're doing the format 
a little bit different uh, this week. So we do have some questions. I think a couple topics I wanted to talk about first. I guess we got to talk about the NCAA situation. It was nice being out of the country, not having to hear the uh, daily updates and all the rumors of people talking about, you know, I get these emails all the time. Yeah, it looks like the uh, investigation's over. It's got a, sanctions are going to come out on Tuesday. And then there's always people like, hey, I heard it was going to be the death penalty or I heard there was a slap on the wrist. A lot of rumors and innuendo, but I really don't think anything was leaking out of Indianapolis. And I've did a lot of uh, radio programs. People would ask about it kind of an over and over again. So I don't want to talk about this too much, but um, you know, what's going to go down. There is a lot of smoke this week about something happening. I think ESPN was the one reported that it'll come out Friday. But when you have a guy like Colin Cowherd, who I, I, I like, I like listening to his show sometimes when I get a chance to, uh, and he is kind of more of a West Coast guy. Usually those aren't the guys that are finding out this information, breaking it. I mean, you definitely got writers that are closer to the situation. If it's coming out from a guy like Cowherd, he's a great national guy, not necessarily tied into the specific sources that are going to be around this program. But the problem is those those guys that are normally tied in don't seem to be getting much either. I mean, the, the Yahoo writers that broke the story that some of the guys seem to know, some of the investigators or you know any of our local USC beat writers. And we've talked to people at USC in and out of the program. Nothing really seems to be happening there. So wasn't a lot being leaked. And uh, so I think once that happens and people are kind of anxious, for information, then rumors start to fly. So we'll see if anything actually does happen. I mean, I had a pretty surefire email that things were going to come out on Tuesday. That didn't happen. Um, so we'll see. But, you know, maybe by the end of the week, I think a lot of the USC fans are just excited to get this over with, whatever the sanctions are. And uh, Dan Weber had an interesting story. Uh, he puts up a column every Monday on uscfootball.com. If you don't, Dan Weber's been on the program before. He's our beat writer talking a lot about just all the questions. And there's so many questions surrounding this and what's going to happen. I think USC fans are just excited for answers. And, you know, he was pointing out something that it would be unfortunate if something came out where there was like a bull, a bull ban for USC at this point, because then you're talking about kids that were like in seventh and eighth grade that knew nothing about what was going on here being punished, you know, five, six years later, whatever it is. So, there's a lot of questions. And if you read Dan's column from Monday, man, there is just a ton of questions in that thing. Um, and it's true. I mean, there are so many questions. What's going to happen? Where is it going to come down? How's it, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we will see. Will it happen Friday? I don't know. Will it happen this week? Probably. But, you know, I've been saying probably in the next couple of weeks for the last couple of months, it seems like. So we'll kind of see what happens with that. Uh, no big recruiting stories over the last week we did get a uh, we have an announcement coming up uh today later on today cody kessler the uh strong arm quarterback who is a army all-american who was recently named to the rivals 100 rivals 100 came out on uh tuesday we'll talk about that the rivals 250 which are the top 100 and top 250 players in the country respectively uh came out so cody kessler uh, out of bakersfield is uh, centennial high school out of bakersfield uh, is in the top 100, Rivals 100 list. And uh, he is an Army All-American, like we said. He's a four-star player. Uh, he really impressed everyone up at the Elite 11 Nike camp in California a few weeks back. He was going to go to the uh, Stanford Nike camp that Gerard and I were at the following day. But on his way up to to this, you know, to uh, Cal for the uh, the Berkeley Elite 11, 
Kessler got a call in the morning from his coach, and they end up calling the coaches back. Got an offer from USC. On the way up, he got an offer from UCLA. So that kind of changed his whole recruiting process. It sounded like he was pretty ready to commit to Washington. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian kind of really impressed uh, Mr. Kessler there. <coughs> Excuse me. And some of the other schools in the running, Pitt was one that was on Kessler early. Alabama, taking a serious look at Kessler, gave him a scholarship offer. Um, but then when USC and UCLA came in, it kind of mixed things up a lot for Kessler. So anyway, we've been thinking about what's going to happen with Kessler. When is he going to commit? And it came down to today. So later on today, 4 p.m. on the Pacific on Pacific time, uh, up in Bakersfield at his high school, Cody Kessler will make his announcement. Um, his final four choices are USC, Washington, Alabama, and Pittsburgh. And I put up a little preview on uscfootball.com. You can check out uh, Mr. Kessler's impending press conference. One of the interesting things is that Alabama is still listed in there, but if you look back about a month ago, he did an update with the Rivals Alabama site, and Alabama apparently had offered three other quarterbacks as well, wanted to get all those guys in their summer camps, check them out, make an evaluation, and then whoever was the first to commit, they would have went with. So, uh, you know, if there was a guy that they liked. So it doesn't seem like Alabama's really in the running uh, for, for Cody Kessler, just because, it, you know, according to their coaches, they wanted to evaluate him in the uh, summer camps. And that doesn't look like something that Mr. Kessler will be doing. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Washington's definitely a major player. Pitt was on early. I think they're a major player. But he has expressed, you know, a lot of interest in playing close to home. And he has a 10-year-old brother. He'd like his little brother to be able to come and see him play. And with UCLA being eliminated, obviously that leaves just USC as the local school, the local product that you know he could go play for and have his family come watch. So it, I think it's looking good for, for USC. Um, USC already does have a commitment from Max Wittick, who was not uh, listed in the Rivals 100, but he'll, he'll, he's close. He's in the, like in the one, I can't remember the number. He's, uh, the Rivals 250 comes out today. I don't know if it's actually been released yet. We did get an early copy. He's very close to the top 100, but not quite. So uh, Max Wittick out of modern day high school. So there is some direct competition there. Um, and I, you know, I think Steve Sarkeesian really impressed him up at Washington. He likes the direction, the way that program is going. So I think it could come down to a USC kind of Washington battle pit. I don't know. I mean, he didn't seem like it'd be a real problem for him to be far away, but he did express that he would like to stay close to home. Um, so you've seen, he's said a couple of different things about that. So we will see, but yes, Cody Kessler, 4 PM West coast time. We will have Adam Gordy from rivals.com. He's a West coast recruiting analyst and also Gerard Martinez, uh, you know, who's usually on the podcast. He'll be up there. They're heading up to Bakersfield. So we'll have updates up to the minute updates on uscfootball.com with that whole press conference deal. So it should be interesting. We'll see if, uh, USC gets their second quarterback commit for the class of 2011 all right well we got that away let's get to some questions we have here there's a bunch of different ones so i will answer these to the best of my ability podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address if you have any questions uh david he had a question based on something gerard martinez said last week gerard said i don't think usc would have been the would have this class right now if Pete Carroll were still the head coach. So his question is, 
any players in particular or type of player you think USC is less likely to get now that Lane Kiffin is the head coach and what area of recruiting, if any, takes a hit by Pete Carroll leaving? Uh, an interesting question. I think with Pete Carroll and what he's doing, and maybe that's something that UCLA is actually doing right now as well. Um, Pete Carroll loved to use his summer camp evaluations to bring in players. And so I, I think they limited some of their scholarship offers before they got to see kids in person. Now, there's some kids that are going to want to be committed early. There's some kids that like to get that attention early. And I think sometimes you might feel a little bit slighted if you didn't get that right away. And so I, I think some of the guys, those are the kind of guys that maybe you wouldn't be getting in a Pete Carroll regime as you would with Lane Kiffin. Or I think Trey Madden, the uh, linebacker from Mission Viejo that that committed, I think it's kind of a good example of that. Uh, you know, he didn't get an offer until later. I think under Pete Carroll, he might not, not have got an offer until a lot later. It might have waited until after the summer camps. Would that have been too late? I don't know. But, you know, Lane Kiffin saw some of the clips from him at the Nike camp. Um, so, it, you know, they haven't got into the summer camps for USC yet, but he got to see what he was doing at other camps and, you know, the the stats and stuff. You know, he's, I mean, he was a great player at Mission Viejo. People kind of questioned his size a little bit. But he's a guy that, you know, maybe, I don't, I'm not saying I don't know if Pete Carroll would offer him or not, but he's a type, type of guy that maybe Pete Carroll would have waited on until summer camps, the Rising Stars camp, things like that, the skills camp at USC where he could look at him in person, offer him there. Now, maybe if that happens, Trey Madden still commits. It doesn't matter. But Lane Kiffin got on him a little bit earlier than the summer camps. Uh, he committed, and that's a guy that you know Kiffin has you know, in, you know, in their uh, wheelhouse already. Now, it doesn't, obviously, a verbal commitment doesn't mean that he's going to sign, but most likely, you know, it looks like he likes USC a lot, and that, that'll probably happen. But I think those are the kind of guys, there's some guys that maybe Kiffin feels they can pull the trigger on a little bit earlier, uh, where Carroll wanted to wait a little bit longer on the evaluation process. And I think this might change. This might be just a this-year type of thing, because early on, I think Lane Kiffin and his staff at Orgeron Everybody, they felt that they weren't in on some of the out-of-state guys that they needed to be in. So there was a barrage of offers to these out-of-state kids. Um, and, and, you know, I think you might not see that each and every year. But they did that this year, I think, to play catch-up almost a little bit. Then they had to kind of play catch-up locally as well. So they, they didn't offer that many local kids, and people were wondering when it's going to happen. But then slowly these offers started to trickle in. You're starting to see more kids. You know, they offered guys like Cody Kessler we talked about, you know, just a few weeks ago. Trey Madden after the Stanford Nike camp where he was impressive. You know, um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Trey Madden was at the LA Nike camp. But, you know, they offered him a little bit after the uh, the Stanford Nike camp complete, completed. So you have guys like that that they're getting offers now slowly. And I think once we get closer and closer to the bigger USC camps, you'll start to see more of these local offers go out. So a bunch of those players, and I think, uh, David, you know, there's some subtle differences, of course, and every year it's different, and every kid is different. I mean, you're talking about the mindset of 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, so it's hard to say, but I think in general, at least for now, Lane Kiffin's definitely extending more offers. That might change uh, in the in the near future, maybe by, by next year, the class of 2012, They'll feel a little bit more comfortable where they don't have to extend as many out-of-state offers. 
hard to say. Or they'll be in on some of the local kids that didn't know about a little bit earlier. So they might, you know, next year you you could see less out-of-state offers early and more in-state offers early. But we'll we'll monitor the situation and check it out. Um, all right, we have a question from Brandon. He is a regular on the Peristyle, and he has a question about something he heard over the weekend uh, regarding George Farmer and wide receiver George Farmer and defensive end linebacker Jason Gibson out of Sarah High School. Um, So a couple of these guys, he heard that there was supposed to be a meeting with the coaches on Wednesday. There's a lot of guys coming in for unofficial visits and stuff. I'm not sure about that. Since I just got back last night, I'll have to check with Gerard. Don't know if there's a truth to the meeting that would be on Wednesday. Those are a couple of guys that I do not expect to commit right away. I think a lot of people thought Jason Gibson might be give some kind of early commitment thing there. I think he's going to wait a little bit longer. George Farmer, you know, he came out. He's a top five player in the country. I think he's another guy that's going to wait as well. So I'm sure if they're not coming on Wednesday, I'm sure they'll be down to USC for some different official visits, especially when, USC starts their summer workouts and the unofficial workouts where the players are kind of throwing the football around. Some of the recruits like to come in at those points and just check check out what's going on. So we'll we'll check in on that for you, but I'm not sure if they're actually going to be here Wednesday, which would be today, uh, Brandon. But I yeah, don't expect – I mean, I think there will be some more commitments coming for USC soon, and, and Cody Kessler could be one today. I don't think either Farmer or Gibson will be among those guys committing right away. Okay, uh, let's see. David – Another David, this is a different David, which SC targets not presently in the rivals top 100 have the best chance of eventually getting there. Okay, so the rivals 100 came out Tuesday. I'm not sure. I mean, it looks like the rivals 250. It's being released today on Wednesday. Um, Last I checked, it wasn't fully up there, but, you know, I do have an early list so we can talk about some of those guys that have a chance of getting there. So let's see. Guys that kind of USC is looking at, George, George Atkinson is an athlete out of Livermore um, uh, up in the Bay Area. Uh, he's really, I think he's really close to the top 100, so there's a chance he could get in there. And Max Wittick, like we mentioned before, quarterback from modern day, and Victor Blackwell, his teammate, both of them I think are in the top 110 or 120 range. So depending how they do their senior year, they certainly have chances to move up and uh, get into the Rivals 100. James Sample, we got to see up in uh, the Palo Alto Nike camp. He's from Grant High School in Sacramento. Big defensive back, safety prospect. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's another guy that's close that USC is looking at. Amir Carlisle is a Stanford commit, um, but I think someone that USC is still looking at as well. He's out of Sunnyvale up in the Bay Area. Um, he's close to the 100. Uh, Stefan McClure, he's a cornerback from Vista. Jason Gibson, we mentioned. Before, from Sarah High School, he's got a chance to break into the top 100. I think there's a lot of upside there. Christian Hayward from San Diego Point Loma, defensive tackle. And Antoine Woods is another guy. He was actually, I think he's closer to the bottom of the 250 uh, Antoine Woods is from Taft High School. USC's first commitment for the class of 2011. Um, So we'll see. I mean, he'll probably have to, to do some work to get his way, work his way back up into the 100, but he is on the rivals 250 list that, that came out today. So that's, you know, any of those guys, I think a lot of things could happen. And uh, sometimes guys don't move all that much, but if they make a big splash at a camp over the summer, or of course in their senior tapes, their senior year highlights, then I think you can make some big moves. So 
those are just some of the guys that I just going through the list looked at that have a good chance of being in the, uh, you know, a, 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 at least a decent chance of being in the top 100 someday. So there's a lot of time left. We'll follow those rankings as they change. Uh, right now, there's only 11 five-star guys. So they're only coming out with 11 of them. A um, couple guys, you know, we'll mention some of those guys in a little bit, but there's only 11 of them, like I said. They will expand that to probably 25, 26, um, something like that. Okay, so next question is Mike Reno. I don't think it's Mike from Reno. I think Mike Reno is his name. He read on another site regarding Stanford's recruiting efforts that Stanford already has 14 commitments and eight of them are out-of-state guys. They're doing a good job of selling the school's academics, which obviously Stanford has great academics, uh, rather than looking at them as a deterrent. Um, and they mentioned even list, enlisting Condoleezza Rice Condoleezza's Rice, Condoleezza Rice, sorry, Condoleezza's, Condoleezza Rice to help recruit. Is that illegal? Um, I knew there was a time when alums could recruit, but I thought these days were over. Okay, that's for Mike. So I, I'm not sure. I didn't see what this article was. And, uh, you know, Condoleezza Rice, obviously, um, you know, pretty famous, in the, you know, for her role in the Bush administration. Um, and, you know, she went to Stanford. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what she was doing there. Now, if she's a literally, if she's a booster and calling kids and trying to recruit them to Stanford, then yes, that's illegal. I don't believe that's what's going on, but I haven't heard of anything like that. Um, so I'm not sure how literal this is. I mean, if she made some kind of comment about you know Stanford football coming back and she likes you know Jim Harbaugh, I, I'm you know, I'm really not sure what's going on there. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're considered a booster and you're doing anything like that for any school, that would be considered illegal mike and if you have any more information on that send it you know drop me an email podcast at uscfootball.com we can kind of look into that further but i i, I don't think i haven't heard anything about her being out there on the recruiting trail trying to call kids and get them to uh go to stanford all right uh this one coming from uh, you know i actually didn't write down the name of this one but they want to know can fans bring their own video camera to video the upcoming camps starting with the lineman camp on june 12th and so how the camps work usc will have a lineman camp a skills camp and then a rising stars camp they actually are open to the public so the public can come attend those camps and there's a designated area where the public can be i have not seen them restrict any kind of camera usage um, at those camps so but there are restrictions of where you can be so if you go down and you want to check out those camps there um, there might only be the designated areas where you can use a camera and stuff, but usually they have a designated area for general public. And I've seen a lot of people with cameras in those areas. So you should be okay with that. Uh, let's go. This one is from Brad, who says he's a big fan of the show. Um, and he read an article on Florida linebacker, Kent Tareen, and I can't help but get excited again. So watching his tape, this kid has like 37 scholarship offers, 36 or 37 scholarship offers right now. Just a great linebacker out of Florida. A USC was one of the more recent scholarship offers, so we had a story up on him. On uscfootball.com, you can check that out. Uh, his question was, seems like he has high interest in, in the USC offer, and it should be coming out to the Rising Stars camp. Could he be a solid bet to commit once the camp is done with? Well, I don't know about a solid bet to commit, um, but you know it, it, it's it was a little surprising they kind of gave an offer a little bit late, but he did see him from Gerard talking to him. He did seem you know really interested 
uh, in USC. So I, I, I mean, that would be a, a pretty big coup if you could get a guy like Kent Tureen out of Florida. I mean, Lane Kiffin has shown before he can get some big time players out of the state of Florida. And, you know, I don't know if, if, if Carroll has done that as much the last year or two, but if he could go in there and get a guy like that at a position of need, like, like linebacker is for USC, that would obviously be huge. So, uh, let's see. He said, I would like to get things over with. Yeah. So blah, blah, blah. Okay. So obviously it is a huge position of need for USC. Um, Brad wanted to know if he was reading into it too much. No, I don't. I mean, I don't think you are. I think he, this isn't a guy that's listing USC because they've had recent success. This is a guy that lists USC because he really does have high interest in USC. And, you know, it's hard to get those kids out of the SEC country a lot of times, but you know, Lane Kiffin has done it before. And I think he has an excellent chance of doing it again. So we'll definitely keep following that. That might be a kid that, that commits a little bit earlier than some people think. So he's not, you know, probably not going to be a kid that waits all the way till signing day, but thanks Brad for the, uh, email there with next one is up is Jason from Stockton. He wants to know what other out of state five stars recruits that USC has a good shot at. He knows that George Farmer looks to be a big pickup and Greg Townsend should be a five star according to him. Um, But for out of state, there's guys like Arnett from Michigan curious on my thoughts and uh, how tight is the race between Cal and USC for a linebacker, Jason Gibson. He loves the show, and he says it hurts his work because he's got to take time out to listen, but it's worth it. Okay, well, thanks, Jason. I'm glad you uh, like the show. You can listen to it anytime. You don't have to listen to it while you're at work. You can uh, <laughs> put it on your iPod, listen to it someplace else. We don't want to inhibit your uh, productivity. But a couple, couple names I wrote down for this. Um, so we, we talked about, you know, in the Rivals 100, uh, DeAnthony Thomas is in there already. George Farmer is a guy that's in the top five. He's a five-star guy. Like I said, there's only 11 five-star guys right now, but there's other guys that have potential to jump into that five-star category. Uh, Brett Calloway is a linebacker from Alabama, 6'1", 210. He's actually he's from Alabama, and he's a commitment to Alabama, but it looks like he's going to take an official visit to USC, at least as of now. So uh, we'll see if uh, Coach Orgeron and Lane Kiffin can do anything to him. You know, He's been a linebacker, uh, a linebacker Alabama commit, for a while, but he's a guy that's a current five-star right now. And he does have, seems like he has legit interest in USC, despite being a commitment to Alabama long shot. Yeah, it's probably a long shot, but I just wanted to list a guys that have a shot. And then there's uh, James Wilder, who is an athlete, both sides of the ball. This kid is ripped from head to toe, six, two, from a plant high school in Tampa. He plays linebacker, running back, defensive end, stuff like that. So, We'll see. He seems to have legit interest in uh, USC as well. So of the current five-star guys, those are a couple of other guys that, you know, we didn't already mention that are out-of-state guys, you know, both guys from the South. Um, Brendan Bigelow, who's a running back from Fresno, is a commitment to Washington. And he's he's probably not going to be a five-star guy right away. He's out of the uh, top 25 right now, but they have, you know, he's coming off an ACL, pretty bad ACL injury. And uh, so he's, I think he's just finished rehab. If he's not done, he's almost done with his rehab. So he should be back full, full speed this spring. Um, he's a guy that could sneak into the top 25 or so and get a five-star. Currently, like I said, a commitment to Washington. He committed in January, but it looks like he could still visit USC. So there's still a chance there. Greg Townsend Jr., 
listed at number 35 right now, but I think there's a, you know, a real chance he could jump up and be a five-star guy. Devon Blackman, athlete out of Fontana. He's at number 41. Could he be a five-star? Sure. Uh, Cody Kessler's down at 64. Probably a little harder for him to jump up and become a five-star guy, but you know, he already uh, got an army all American invite. So uh, it's looking good for him. Trey Madden, uh, we mentioned him before from Mission VAO linebacker, down at number 69. So these are a little bit more of a long shot if that guy becomes to become a five-star guy. So a bunch of different guys um, that have a chance. So we'll see. I mean, we'll, it's that, like I said, that complete list is going to move around from you know week to week depending on what's going on. They'll they'll make changes. They're not updated all the time, but we, you know, when after big camps and things like that, there will be updates to the. Rivals 100 and Rivals 250, and we'll see more and more five stars kind of slowly creeping out there. And we'll talk about more about that. All right. Well, that was from Jason. Thanks very much. Let's see. Let, oh, there was another question he had. Um, how tight is the race for, for linebacker Gibson for Jason Gibson? Yeah, Gibson, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, he's, uh, he's a Rivals 250 guy. And, uh, you know, USC kind of came on him a little bit late. So we'll see if it's something like that can can hurt USC, but, um, you know, he's got some teammates that are going to be playing at USC. If, if George Farmer decides he wants to go there as well, I think it'd be USC would have a great shot. And, you know, it depends. I'm, I'm curious to see what the coaching staff is telling some of these linebackers, because they've missed out on some big time linebackers over the last couple of years, even though it has been a position of need. And, and I think some of it might depend on how well USC linebackers play this fall. So we'll see how those top four guys uh, play and you're gonna you know lose some guys for sure. So there'll be a lot of factors there recruiting the linebackers, and I think yeah, I think Gibson could keep things open as well. But I think it'll be tight. Cal, USC, but some other guys in the mix as well. Okay, so let's see. Oh, sorry, that was that one. I haven't done the show by myself before. It's a little bit different. It's kind of fun though. It's interesting. Uh, West had a question. He's from Annapolis, Maryland. Class of 1992, loves the show. He likes to check to see if California has a high percentage of top 100 recruits nationally. Uh, and when he said this question, rivals hadn't come out with their list yet. Um, but some other lists have come out, and there wasn't as many top 100 recruits from California. So we did come out, rivals did come out with the list, like we said. You can kind of go through and see. There seems to be a, a decent amount of California kids in there. It's not like 25%. There's probably 10 or so that are out of, from California. But um, he also mentioned DeAnthony Thomas. Rivals list DeAnthony Thomas as the number five player in the country. I know some other lists have had him in the 60s. Someone had him at 24. Um, so I obviously it's, you know, it's going to be up to you know who you believe, who you trust. It's an inexact science, recruiting for sure. So there's going to be rankings that are different. I think Rivals have been doing this a long time. And I like the guys that they have checking out the camps. I mean, they're at all these different camps. They're in person watching these guys, not just looking on film. And they have publishers all over the country that kind of put in their input as well. So um, I think DeAnthony Thomas is much closer to a top 10 than not in the top 50, like some other people said. So you just have to kind of go with that. But um we know he says, "We know O line is down in California this year, but it's a down year across the board." I talked to some different guys. I mean, it wasn't the greatest 
showing at the Nike camps in uh, California for offensive linemen. I've heard some mixed reviews from across the country, but yeah, there's there's definitely been some issues there, especially in California. And so I think it's going to be a little harder for USC to get some of the guys they want. They might look out of state. Um, but, you know, there, there's a couple guys that look like they could be okay. We'll see how they develop. And I know some of the, you know, we'll see what the USC coaches think of these guys. Um, on the side note, he wanted to know that the show only goes on for an hour because you like the downloaded time on longer. You don't like the download time on longer shows. Yeah, I mean, the, the longer the show is, the bigger the file. So I think some people kind of complain because it, I mean, not that we've had a lot of complaints, but we don't want to make the files too big and make it harder to for people to download. So we try to keep it to about an hour. Sometimes it goes 70 minutes, something like that. But we try to keep it in that range. This week, it'll be it'll be shorter. Actually, man, I've already talked for over 30, <laughs> 32 minutes. But um, just try talking for 32 minutes straight in a microphone. It's kind of fun. Uh, you get kind of go stir crazy a little bit. But yeah, we usually try to keep it to that format. But he wants to know... Um, if we could tolerate a 90 or 120 minute program broken into two two downloads, if you had to. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something we could possibly do. We've, we've done it every Wednesday. We've been doing it a little over two years. Maybe we change the format. We could do a Wednesday and something over the weekend. I'm not sure, but that's definitely something that, uh, you know, we have a chance, chance to do there. Uh, so we'll see um, what we do, but I kind of like the way the show is now. If you have any different, suggestions you can always email them to us podcast at uscfootball.com we'll try to put that in there but if i i wouldn't mind doing a second hour sometime during the week we just have to figure out what it would be the format might be a little bit different maybe we'll do more questions i'm not sure but we'll try to figure that out but anyway uh west for the top 100 guys kind of uh, answering the other question we talked about there's some other guys that could make it into the top 100 so the guys that are there right now but i mentioned atkinson I mentioned Max Wittick, Victor Blackwell, James Sample, guys that are all fairly close to the top 100 now. They could kind of jump in there. So I think California is fairly well represented. Maybe not as much in years past, but it's actually doing – it's not not too bad. So uh, Pat has a question about Mitch Mustaine. So no recruiting questions. actually about the team. So Mitch Mustaine and Matt Barkley you know, at the spring game – does the way the team played for Mustaine indicate anything about how they feel about which quarterback can move the team the best? Thanks for the question, Pat. I don't think so. I think the team did play well for Mustaine, but you have to remember, this is a brand new coaching staff. I mean, these aren't guys that know that they have X amount of, you know, this spot lined up or this, you know, part in the depth chart, anything like that. I think everybody was out there playing their heart out. I mean, I think they really wanted to, show this new coaching staff what they could do in their first real game-type situation uh, at the Coliseum. So I don't think that they were necessarily playing harder for Mitch Mustaine. I think once Matt Barkley was out, you know, you might have focused a little bit more just because, hey, you know, that our leader's gone. We got to play well. And I don't think they would want to let a guy like Mustaine down. You know, I think he's a fairly popular kid. He's a really nice guy. He's kind of soft-spoken, but I don't think they wanted to not do well for him if they would have done well for Barkley and things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's changed anything. I think the the important thing to remember is you have in USC two quarterbacks that are very capable of winning games and winning a lot of games. And I, I think the coaching staff feels comfortable enough that either one, and we talked about this with, with Dan Weber before, either one of these guys 
I think you could lead this USC team to an undefeated season. I think they're going to be favored in every game they play. And uh, they have a real good chance of doing that. And I think with both quarterbacks, you have a great chance of winning. And I don't think you could say that at too many different programs. So Mustaine's had some chances in the past to kind of separate himself or, or, or make advances. And it just seemed to never work out as well. Um, but he did. He had his chance at the spring game to show coaches, here's what I can do. And he actually did it. So I know he's a senior, but I think that USC fans should feel good about having a guy like that on the roster, on the depth chart, because, you know, if something did happen to Matt Barkley, then obviously they, they'll feel pretty comfortable having Mitch Mustaine step in there and play. With. Okay. Uh, this is from Kevin in the 231. I don't even look where, where that was. I'm not sure where the 231 is. 213 is the USC area, but 231, I'm not really sure. But he wanted to know how Ronald Johnson was health-wise. And also, did he change his jersey number? Yes. Uh, he actually changed his jersey number. Didn't look like he was going to change his jersey number. He's wearing number eight before. There was some speculation that he was going to change to number 83. We talked to him over the of the winter before spring ball started. And he said, no, no, I'm not going to change. And then he comes out and he did change. So he is number 83. He ended up hurting his elbow, uh, which wasn't too bad. But then he also had a wrist injury as well. And uh, so towards the end of spring, he had to sit out. He sat out for a little while. They started playing with a yellow jersey, so no one would hit him. Um, but he missed a bunch of, of spring football with that wrist injury. And it's very similar to the, the wrist injury that Matt Barkley had. They basically, it's, they're doing some kind of surgery to clean out debris. And he was going to wait until after finals to get the debris cleaned out and have that surgery. I've not got an update yet. So I've been looking and I haven't seen any kind of update if he's had the surgery yet. If he's said anything, we haven't seen it. He hasn't talked about it yet. So we'll try to get a hold of him and see what's going on there. But we expect him to, ha if he hasn't had it already, he should have it fairly soon. And like I said, it's not a major surgery. It's something like that Matt Barkley had as well. Matt was back in a few weeks, it seemed, throwing the football around. And it got better and better. Um, so we'll see. It's, you just clean out a little bit of debris out of his wrist. He should be fine for fall camp. So, and uh, I, I expect him to be able to throw the football around this summer as well. Maybe not. You know, they they'll probably start throwing around unofficially in June, uh, early June, like we're in right now. He'll probably be fine by you know mid to late July. But we'll see. We'll see when that surgery is. If he delays it, then obviously that would delay the whole time schedule. All right. Well, that was our last question, and hopefully. We answered all of those for you. And if, uh, like I said, if uh, you, you didn't like the way a certain question was answered and you want someone else to answer it, that's okay. I'm not going to take that personally. Podcast at uscfootball.com. Said it again. We'll get the regular guests on the show again next week. We'll talk to Gerard. We'll talk to hopefully Dan Weber and Harvey Hyde as well. Like I said, we just did a little bit different format this week. Hopefully you liked it. Still went fairly long and we got a lot of the topics in. Um, if some sort of NCAA announcement does come out, maybe we will do a little supplemental podcast where we can kind of comment on that and talk about that coming over the weekend. So, But again, I just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to a little bit different version of the Peristyle podcast this week. Podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address if you have questions or comments, and we will talk to you all next week.
You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Thank you.